0: Hello, I'm Michael. I'm David. And we're the Sticky Bun Boys. Oh, it's nice to be back. It's nice to have you back. We've both done it with other people now, so there's no need to be jealous. I didn't know you got jealous when I did it with other people. Oh, yeah, I really do. Noted. Well, this week is a first for Bake Off. It's party week in the tent for the final five. Let's do it, shall we? With each other.
1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Whoa, 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 Michael. This script says David to lead episode. I led last week with Christelle, and I'm pretty sure I led the week before. So Christelle has taken your week away from you and I'm back to leading and I've basically written nothing. Well, that's classic from you, really. But you complained <laughs> to me earlier in the week because I kind of said, we went to the theatres together and I was like, oh, am I writing the script this week? And he was like, well, I've written two in a row, forgetting that I wrote the entire first year's episode <laughs> scripts every single week. And at plans and in social media. And I loved you for it. But I also travelled here every day, which was about three hours of my time. This is reparations, David. This is <laughs> reparations. What did they do in the tent? <laughs> uh, oh, well, they had a party, apparently. Allegedly. I was quite excited about the idea of party week as weeks of a theme. Party's quite a good one. It is quite a good one. I just felt like it wasn't like a semi-final theme, and it was a quarter-final. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I just don't think if you're talking about party sausage rolls, don't really cut it. Oh no, I do. I think that was actually quite a good idea for the challenge because that's it's like a picky tea, isn't it? But it's do, only do one... Americans know about picky teas. I don't. They do potluck. Is that the same thing? Pot what? Potluck a potluck what a potluck meal in america is where everyone brings a dish and it's kind of like a picky dinner so it's like a lucky dip from pots yeah but, but i think people kind of say you've got to bring certain things like you bring a dessert you bring a a picky main. tea is much more just like chicken nuggets it's like it's like it's basically the beige buffet that they had but not the beige a bowl of crisps a bowl of crisps <laughs> like loads of different bits but like it's all like individual whereas potluck seems to me like in my mind i'm thinking like loads of casseroles yeah, that's actually a proper meal. Anyway, so I do think sausage rolls are good They're at a party. I think they would have featured better in a show stop where there's lots of things. Basically, I wanted to see party rings because I, I love party rings. I know you do. It's what they call you, isn't it? You're <laughs> <laughs> the fun nickname from in my from the youth. dark rooms. <laughs> <laughs> in my youth. So for this party week, the signature was we've already said it 12 sausage rolls in two hours. I thought it was a good challenge, not enough time. And again, it didn't feel for the. Quarterfinals. I think Alison got confused as well, so it's not my fault. Um, I think this week should have been earlier in the series. Like, I think it would have been fine to go cakes, biscuit, bread, party, because I think around about this time, I'm looking for more like the desserts. Like you spoke with Christelle last week about dessert week kind of being one of the really difficult ones. So it makes sense for me for it to go dessert, patisserie, final. And you know what? The bakers. The twelve bakers come on this show. They don't all get to the end, spoiler. Mm. It's quite nice for them to do the different weeks, because obviously they're the ones we're seeing every year. Yeah. So it'd be quite they were probably all quite excited for party weeks. So it'd be quite nice to have seen more of them have a go. At I thought it. it was a good challenge. I quite liked it. Really good challenge. The only issue is the food producers write the challenge. Paul judges them. And there's a bit of a disconnect there with Paul wanting, basically, he loves sausage rolls. He obviously loves a traditional Greg sausage roll. Like he was willing to try things, but he didn't really want people to push it with the sausage rolls. Yeah, but you you, you could tell the food producers had said to everybody, try to do something new, make it unique, make it different. Two hours as well is not a lot of time. And if they were all underbaked, which they were, there wasn't enough time. Yeah. Which means that it's a really frustrating watch because all of the judging is just the same thing. And it's like, well, You're the person that could have avoided this. And it forced everyone to go rough. It does force everybody to go rough, which isn't always a bad thing better than full so who did you like well I was actually quite interested in Dan's sausage <laughs> <laughs> oh I just knew this was coming <laughs> we all did that's what they said um <laughs> di- <laughs> dim sum inspired so the sausage itself was a bit fishy um so it was pork prawn and ginger although he was it was like adjacent to the Mesam school of wrong implements because he was slicing his ginger with a knife I don't understand how many people don't grate it because yeah. grating it makes it so much finer and you can get more through the mixture. Unless you wanted like bursts in the mouth. Yeah, and top tip, you want to freeze your uh, ginger yeah. before grating it because then it's easier to grate. Otherwise it goes all fibrous. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, but that was his his um, his sausage. And then he had flaky pastry, which I thought sounded, I think it sounded, sounded really nice. And really clever, that because obviously they're all thinking of dips, like to have a dumpling inspired one. Although I didn't like the idea of the five spice. Like shumai is quite a delicate flavor. It's like, the sausage and mm. the, the pork and the prawns saying, but dipping it in soy sauce. That was clever. I'm not I... a dipper. I don't like to dip. Really? You know I don't like my food touching. What, do you sip it like a cup of tea well, I, just, I just ignore it. You... I eat the sausage and I will ignore the dip. Oh, but you love the salty condiments. Well, yes, I do really, but I don't like... So basically, if I'm having a roast dinner, I will pour gravy onto everything, but then I will eat each individual element separately. I will not eat like lots of things on one fork. Hmm. I'm now just thinking of you having sex. And and think- thinking, <laughs> I wasn't talking about that. It's- no, but it just led me onto this. Like, do you do all that separately as well? Do you want every activity separate? No, I can mix and match. It's a bit like a buffet. Picky dinner. Bit of that. like pick a picky dinner. Um, so, Dan was rolling out his flaky pastry and he said he was looking for about 60 centimetres long and 15 centimetres wide. Does that sound like a good size to you? That sounds more than enough. <laughs> Plenty. Ample, I would say. <laughs> Ample. And when he was rolling out his sausage, he said, You want to have a big mouthful, don't you? yeah dan is giving a lot of information in this episode throughout (laughs) overall it looked really good paul was like oh it's not a sausage roll except it was a sausage roll it was definitely a sausage roll i thought it looked great i thought you did a really good job there who didn't do a good job you haven't told me who you liked i i actually like any of them (laughs) i didn't like no i do actually like a sausage roll obviously i'm a bit vegetarian these days, mm. so but I can remember a good old proper meaty sausage roll. I did like the idea of Matty's, mm. the idea of keeping it so just the sausage roll. Then. <laughs> well, but I, I, it was the chili thing, and I know they made a big deal mm. of it as well. I'm, I'm actually coming across as a bit Paul and behaving like chili in a sausage roll, <laughs> but it was nice the idea of having the chili, having a bit of warmth in there. Yeah, but also I did just think in terms of the baking property of the pastry, they just looked the flake in that pastry you could see i mean often when you're watching it on a telly you can't really see whether the bake is good or not but as soon as it came out of the oven i think i was like oh yeah like he is such a good baker matty is incredible do you know what though it still feels like he's sometimes he's winging it like this because like one week he fails at something where it seems like okay he doesn't even have the knowledge to know why he's failed at that the next week he smashes a challenge where mm-hmm. everyone else fails at. he's a bit chigs esque in that way. Do you remember Chiggs was a bit similar to that when we watched him? Yeah but Chiggs had only been baking for five minutes. I think Matty's been doing it for a little bit longer I thought Christie's sounded interesting. I mean cranberry I'm not a massive cranberry fan so I don't think I would have liked it but I can picture the flavour pairings going really nicely it just perhaps wasn't going to be for me Yeah, hers were quite, she had gone for the plain traditional, which isn't, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you have a whole set of bakers and everyone's doing a bit more crazy things and one Mm -hmm. person does a a more traditional one. Hers were, talk about being able to see it on camera, you could see that hers were a bit wet and soggy. She said she didn't want it to be thick, otherwise it wouldn't be nice, which I think is fair enough. But the pastry, I think perhaps was a little bit too thick because she couldn't cook it in time. She ended up with a soggy bottom, although she did do quite a good thing, I thought. When she noticed they're having a soggy bottom, she pulled them out of the oven, off the tray, and put them straight onto the rack to try and get some actual air circulating underneath. And I thought, that is a good problem-solving technique. Good problem-solving. It wasn't quite enough. No. Uh, Tasha... Mm. so i mean talk about thick you've said thick a few times now tasha's was monstrous yeah she did say she was being generous with the sausage very generous but (laughs) pork and apple i really liked the idea because pork and apple is a classic flavor anyway but apple brings moisture because sometimes with a sausage roll and like a pork pie you end up with this big slab of meat Mm. um whereas this would like make it a bit lighter and then having the cider sauce like i really liked the idea of it it just once again the bake was a bit soggy and i think there was a bit too much meat ratio to pastry she's definitely a top apparently her filling was a Exceptional. It was exceptional. Michael, I've got a question. How would you compliment your meat? Compliment it. I would give it a nice comments on its size. Um, (laughs) No, compliment it. What would you compliment? (laughs) (laughs) What do you pair your meat with? My meat with? I would do um I would do a normal pork sausage. Um (laughs) but then I would do That's what's normal. That's what they call you. Um and black pudding. And maybe like some sort of like a mango chutney. Ooh, I mean, there's a lot of jokes with black pudding there, but that actually does sound delicious. Like, right? like the mango chutney, because I was thinking after Matt, I was just thinking all kind of levels of spicy with sriracha in the pastry, making it a bit mm. red. And I, oh, yeah, to be honest, there wasn't much time to make the pastry in that one. That was genuinely off the cuff, listener. I didn't know that was coming. I've said that before <laughs> as well. So they On all, my cuff, I didn't know that was coming. They all were a bit average, apart from Matty who Sean got a handshake Got it, and there's not been many handshakes this year no he has held that back which is probably for the best i think but it did annoy me slightly that it was the one that no one that he like he was it was brilliant don't get me wrong and he'd done a perfect bake and he's an incredible baker but it wasn't like wasn't exciting particularly no and i do think like because our year there was fewer handshakes which is Mm. nice because when you get a handshake it does then feel special but when there's fewer of them they kind of have to be given for the right reason. And yes, sometimes I don't, I think he deserved oh, on He this. definitely deserved it. Just it just didn't, like you say, there wasn't that kind of thing where you get excited. You didn't watch the judging thinking, oh, he's coming in for a handshake. Mm. You just thought, oh, he's done really well. Mm. But if it was perfect in every way, then Matty's sausage definitely deserved a handshake. I'd give Matty's sausage a handshake, I think. <laughs> right. So we're going to move on from stiff and thick and good handfuls and giving yourself enough filling. And we're going to move on to the technical. There was so much in that signature there we could have we done. Um, we're going to move on to the technical, which was. Absolutely brilliant. It was brilliant. It was an absolutely inspired bake. And I wonder whether they thought of this as a technical and then created a week around it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that would mm. actually make sense because. Dear listeners from across the pond, not said that before. Now, I'm not sure our North American listeners will be aware of the Colin and Cuthbert fight. I don't think it's just North America, David. We are global at this point. We are a global conglomerate, which is a lovely word. Well, why can't more global people write in? It seems to be a lot of Americans that write into us. Come on, people. That's true, actually. I know you're listening in Singapore. I know. And Michael speaks every language and can do every accent. So (laughs) (laughs) write in in any language. (laughs) Anyway, Colin the Caterpillar was a cake that was designed by no intellectual property by Marks and Spencers, very posh supermarket in the UK, and it was the Caterpillar cake you just saw on the technical. And then everyone copied it. Notably, Aldi was probably first calling theirs Cuthbert the Caterpillar, mm-hmm. and then there's been every other name possible. Every other shop did it, but Marks and Spencers tried to take Aldi to court and failed. I think it was a whole PR stunt, personally. It had to be because it was front headline news in the UK for Brilliant. ages, and everyone loved it. So this. Cake. Everyone else probably just thinks this is a quite a simple caterpillar cake. This is iconic a, in the UK. Very iconic. What an incredible, incredible challenge! They had two and a half hours to make it, and it's a chocolate Swiss roll, chocolate meringue buttercream, and coated in ganache. So actually, quite straightforward with the meringue kind of decorations. I didn't actually write down Paul's words of wisdom for this one. I think he said something about reading the recipe, which is unusual for them. So, what would your words of wisdom for the world be today? Well. I didn't prepare for this, um, but maybe, <laughs> maybe the that's your words of wisdom. Of wisdom. Should, I should prepare for this. It should be, because we're talking about chocolate caterpillars. I would oh. say, make sure you douche. Oh, that's it. But you don't well i like quite like a chocolate caterpillar right (laughs) let's let's move on so it was all quite going quite okay actually no we need to talk about the perfect perfect cake because they cut into it and they were like oh it's a lovely swirl there was no swirl it was a massive chocolate buttercream in the middle it was like a like a a, like a tube of chocolate buttercream wearing a jacket of a swiss roll it was there was no swirl it was a chocolate arctic roll as you will it was (laughs) not good no no Oh, fine, but don't have a go at the bakers then if they don't get a perfect swell. Big agree, big agree. So they all did quite well with the cake, like baking a Swiss roll, they should be okay at that. They all did quite well with the... Uh, buttercream dan pointed out in this one that if you're at the front of the tent it's quite difficult because you don't have an option to really watch what other people are doing just turn around you can but you can't turn around the whole time because you're quite busy also front of the tent i don't know if you remember this but it's quite difficult if you've got to run to get a ball because if you're at the back yeah a cupboard is behind you yeah whereas if you're at the front you're always sprinting around the tent trying to get bits of i was abundance. only at the front once or twice but then they kind of paired me and henry and so we kind of just moved around the back together really were you paired So yeah, basically, Henry and I were together from week five to the end. Oh, I don't remember. Well, not the end. We left. We left (laughs) week seven, and week eight. I found this challenge, I thought it was a good challenge overall. And I was enjoying watching it, but nothing really was happening. The only disaster was basically when they had to kind of create the ridges. They had to kind of cut either horizontally or vertically. And Christy and Dan got it wrong. Dan just went with it, but Christy rebaked, which was actually, I think, quite a good idea because the cake takes four minutes to make the batter and ten minutes to bake, so not the end of the world, really. And especially if you'd been, if she'd been one of the people, because what people don't see is some people in the technicals just fly off at the start and just go for it. Mm. And she might have got her cake in quite quickly. Although saying that, it was clear at the end that I think it was the right decision by her, but things weren't quite set, and so she her cake might have been a little bit warm. But it's definitely better that than having kind of the wrong cake yeah for sure absolutely um so i didn't really write anything else for this because like you say it wasn't apart from the fact I wrote, iconic, I wrote down i wrote down all of the people in in the order that they won or not didn't win oh no i did that obviously you have to do that bit but i didn't really write much about like because they all did different faces and things yeah like there was that. A, one was like a Noel face i mean it was it was fine they did look really tasty they're the kind of ones that, as they were like forking as prue and paul were forking i <laughs> did enjoy the look of it now the, shall we all just take a second I think some fan fiction's coming up. No, um, not again. <laughs> we literally, I got a message in, uh, to the inbox yesterday being like, I've just got to the fan fiction, which was months ago now. And please never do that again. <laughs> for any, for anyone that wasn't listening back then, do not go there. Please do I not. I don't even know what episode it was. So fifth was Dan, because he did his weird horizontally thing mm. on vertical. Fourth was Josh. Third was Matty. Second was Christy. So redoing was a good idea. Mm. And number one was Tasha. Josh isn't often this low. no and i was surprised you got low 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 Do you know that song no hang on no i won't play it because Alex will get cross alex will get cross alex isn't here today everybody alex is in my ears and on david's screen i've had to set up the tech again no you didn't Techie David. you set it up and it broke and then i had to set it up oh yeah you, you, you redid it <laughs> and i actually didn't understand anything alex was saying so i had to pass <laughs> my laptop over to, to michael but alex is remotely somewhere but the more we do it without Alex, perhaps the more likely it is we'll just fire him and do it ourselves. Yeah, also, he's sitting on a chair, which is quite rude. I can see him on the camera. He's talking in my ear, but I'm not listening. What's that, Alex? Michael, you're so handsome. <laughs> Michael, I really fancy you. I can lip read. It's not, he's not Alex. saying that. <laughs> no, you can't say Alex, we're recording. Stop it. <laughs> There's two middle fingers going up on my screen. but um, uh, he, he, He's not telling you what he's doing with those two fingers. LAUGHTER talking to you <laughs> anyway the showstopper the showstopper was a buffet not a beige buffet and they had to do sweet and savory party bakes 12 of each at least and they had four and a half hours it's one of the longest challenges this year they kept talking on the show about how long it was and i was like i'm pretty sure we had a five hour one we did have five hour and ours were often four or four and a half hours. yeah so i think this year because they've done things a bit simpler they've just mm-hmm. cut the time down but these guys don't have a lot of stamina they're not used to it so <laughs> 't know that they found it tough um I thought it was a great challenge. I really liked this challenge really good the only thing is when you're the per you you're, you liked it because you weren't writing everything down I've not written I, I've written them all down Oh fantastic. I also thought actually with this challenge the one thing I would have changed in the challenge would have been I'd have been I'd have said to them three different party bakes, 12 of each. Because I think there were slightly too many things to kind of keep up with. So from a viewer's perspective, there's only five of them. So three for five of them is manageable. But when some of them were doing six or whatever, it was a bit like, oh God, I can't follow this. And we know, Josh, that if you do three and you do them perfectly, then you smash it. So let's take Josh. He's had a Christmas themed week this week. So he had a Christmas buffet. So white chocolate and coconut snowman macarons, shoe bun Christmas puddings, and then cheese, spinach and pesto curons. Do you know what? Josh... Sometimes he doesn't light up the room when he's like talking things, but his bakes are perfect. They were—they looked all absolutely pristine. And they sounded great. Coconut mm. and white chocolate macarons. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Shoe buns with the chocolate crackle and then a bit of white chocolate on top. And then the courons, which Paul was worried about. I was worried about the chunks of raw tomato in it. But apart yeah. from that, they looked and sounded amazing. I mean, arguably the Qurans were beige in color. They were a bit beige, um, yeah. But but I'm not gonna i t- I'm not holding it against him. After this show I was like, he's won the episode because that was there were no notes. There was literally no notes. Everything looked perfect. Prue said it's hard to fault anything. He could have glazed his Qurans. He should be doing some glazing. If he glazed his Qurans with some egg wash, they might then it would have been a bit shinier. Yeah, I, honestly I just thought they just looked and sounded divine. And then all of his setup, all mm. of the setup of everything way displayed it, it was perfect. It's like he had nine hours. Um, I also did like Dan's, and it's frustrating because Dan obviously did a lot. He had six different things. He had curry dino feats. um, What else did he have, David? Dino tea cakes. Uh Uh-huh. He laid some eggs. He had some eggs. Oh, he had some fossil biscuits, which were really Fossil biscuits. Was there still two more? There was cake pop stones, but I don't know whether he had a sixth one. Oh. Prue was quite overwhelmed. She said, maybe he'll pull it off. He he sometimes does, which I didn't think he should be doing in front of Prue, to be fair. I mean, from what we've heard about in the signature, everyone will be able to see it. <laughs> um, he was one of the ones doing a lot of jogging from front to back because he was yeah. right in front. Um, his, they were really, really good. Yeah. They did say it was a bit beige, which was kind of true. but it well, annoyed me because some of the stuff that he'd done that was beige was the same as what Josh had done and they called Josh's ones perfect. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't, I, th- I thought that, it's you could tell those elements like his pastry dino feet the proportion from pastry to filling probably wasn't quite right yeah but the fact that he did all of these and he actually completed them all and they all seem to have very good textures was very impressive and he was definitely in danger going from the signature and technical into this and i thought i love dan basically yeah he really saved himself i thought he was absolutely brilliant i really love his ideas i think he's creative his flavors are interesting he's always up trying something new he's so positive he smiles he's just like also, I really like his baking. Like, I still want him to win. I thought Christy tried really hard. Um, she had a really good concept. The Willy Wonka idea was a really, really good idea. Um, so she had Swiss roll lollipops, lemon meringue cupcakes, which had kind of little toadstools on them, candy cane cheese and rosemary twists, and spice beef and onion patties shaped as sweets. I mean, all of those ideas I thought were brilliant. I think she actually managed to achieve them pretty well. Like, yes, some of them were slightly rushed to finish, but they all looked good, I thought. They did. I thought it was weird. The one that they talked about looking quite rough, which was the lemon meringue cupcakes with the total stuff. I don't think they did. I thought they looked brilliant. They looked really good. I think some of the other ones, they were at the the Swiss World Lollipops did look a bit rough and ready. I think it's probably because she does things so neat normally. Yeah, And the cheese straws, candy cane type things, they're never gonna look that good because candy canes are like shiny and whatever. Mm. They're never gonna quite get it. Um, it was a good but- idea in terms of the, in terms of painting the color in and twisting them. Like it was a way of kind of embedding the color into the bake. I thought I thought that was really smart. And as we know at this stage, when the briefs come through thick and fast, like Michael and. <laughs> When you're trying to think of ideas, you don't have a lot of time. And when you've got multiple elements in a showstopper, it is tough. I thought she did really well. Yeah. Um, Matty, we should talk about. Um, so he was doing a sports buffet, curry filled cricket ball pies, chocolate orange cupcake golf course, tennis ball, lime curd, macarons, and a creme brulee basketball donut. Um, the donut idea looked delicious to me, but apparently they're a bit raw inside. Well, you don't mind that. Um, <laughs> it was really, really good. I do think, considering what they were saying to other people, like you were saying with that, like... These didn't look like the things. and like mm. The cricket balls looked like pies that were slightly red coloured. Yeah, they didn't look like cricket. The donuts balls. looked like basketballs. Yeah, but then also they were all just balls. Matty likes his balls. No complaints about balls. You like the balls, uh, but I'm I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying like it's more the thing you're saying consistency like. His also looked a bit beige and didn't look amazing. But if they were all perfectly textured and tasted Mm. amazing... Leave Matty's balls alone. Quick mention of Tasha. She did a farmyard one with lots of shoe buns, things like that. This was a bit of a slip for Tasha, actually. She'd done Mm. very well in the episode, but her shoe buns were very small and a bit hard. Her wagon wheels... The biscuits weren't great. And because they were very simple, that was kind of unforgivable. So I did think she'd slipped on this one. This was not a good challenge for her, but she'd kind of done okay in the episode. Yeah, she'd done enough to kind of save herself. I thought going into the judging, because Josh's bakes had been so perfect and so pristine in the showstopper that he was a shoo-in for um, for star baker. I hadn't really thought much more around it, but the, Matty, Matty won it. So Matty's sig- uh, signature must've been that good that it kind of just propelled him a little bit further yeah i agree i was really thinking that josh had it mm. and then i also thought that dan was going home i thought oh Christie's christy's oh, really Christie's number i thought dan was going home i th- i felt like it was i felt like Christie was sort of the person that was going this week and like it's a real shame because i've actually really enjoyed watching christy i think her bakes have been so beautiful and i've really related to her journey in the show but as we all know the best bakers just don't reach the final not true so it was a sad goodbye to christy leaving us with our final four of dan josh matty and tasha tasha repping it for the girls i must say it's a very strong final four it'll be hard to see any of them go next week yes so next week we've got the classic patisserie week for the semi-final and then it will all be over for another year but you don't need to worry we'll be sticking around get it like sticky buns sure anyway we'll be sticking around in your ears (laughs) only with your consent of course as once this series ends we'll be diving into the fourth series of the great british bake off yes so this is your three week warning to get all nostalgic and watch along with us over the festive period series four of bake off is the first series that international people can watch on netflix and i think they call it like collection one or something whatever collections mean and if you'd like to finger through our back catalogue i beg your pardon then you can find our watch alongs of series one to three in our podcast feed and all these episodes can be found on Roku. You're welcome. Well, that's a lot of admin. It is important, though. It sure is. Equally important is this week's taste test, which comes from none other than this year's Rowan off the Bake Off. Remember him? He would like us to put in a good word for pickle juice martinis. You know the drills. Does Rowan deserve jail, or shall he be allowed to continue to milk pickles of their juices?
2: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: Hello, it's us advertising our own plans again. If everyone just joined it, we could probably talk about this a little bit less, to be honest. Actually, if we all just make a point to pause the episode right now and go to patreoncom forward to doing sticky bum boys to sign up, then we can stop doing these ads forever. Nice plan! For a small handful of change, you'll get access to early and ad-free episodes, as well as bonus content, including regular Q and A's, access to our online community, and much more. Plus, you get a nice warm, fuzzy feeling knowing you're helping us to keep doing the podcast. What more could you ask for? Whew, thank goodness this is the last ad we'll ever do for this week's Week anyway pickle juicing david i know it's a, ho- a hobby of yours um <laughs> what are your thoughts on juicing pickles in the first instance i love pickles and i do actually like pickle juice i've used pickle juice in bread but sometimes. i don't think you actually milk the pickles though do you like i think it's like it's like vinegar you put with the pickle yeah you make a pickling liquor and you just sit the sit the pickles and in and vinegar makes the pickle shrink does it yeah it does yeah it does <laughs> yeah um i think this is this would work because like things like kombucha and water kefir are quite popular now especially in North America so like that's kind of a similar thing these kind of fermenty drinks uh, just in my mind it's just like drinking salt well vinegar salty There's, vinegar there might only be a little bit of salt Might me gag a bit. <laughs> Maybe everyone likes that Um, I'm not going to send him to jail for it though To be fair I think that's all right. No I think he can make us one And we can try it Oh that would be nice actually Rowan you're welcome to come over And feed us your pickles The (laughs) pickle has got more than one Uh, Right well let's get into the inbox We're firing through things today Chelsea Chelsea's written in after this week's episode Saying the showstopper this week Had some huge displays Are those also in your brief And do people rock up to the train To the tent With a massive Christmas sledge I had a theory this week That these were made for them Well The truth of the matter is, in general, yes, you do have to bring your own. You decide how the showstopper is going to be displayed. And if you're going to bring anything fancy, you have to bring it. I famously um, didn't because they actually just have some random boards at the front for really boring people that haven't got any creativity and any time to do it. That's why I used to just use those. But a lot of people bring their own. However, Michael is right, because in our final, sometimes if they know it's a struggle for everyone sometimes in, you can t- kind of tell what everyone's got them all perfectly. Yeah. Sometimes the art department will make them for you. Well, to, basically towards the end of the series, when you're kind of making the bakes that you haven't really kind of had time to practice or think about properly, they end up helping you a bit more with a presentation. And it felt like this week they'd done that. Especially when there's big, big boards. Yeah, for sure. Next one's from Chrissy who says, when one of the baker's signature is being judged, are the other contestants told not to look at them? I always see the other bakers looking forward instead of at the baker being judged. It's quite a straightforward answers for this one. What is it? Yes, yes, we are told not to look at them. Yes, we are told not to. You do <laughs> know... <laughs> what was happening there? <laughs> I was just trying to think because I was like, I don't know if there is an obvious answer for this because I think because part of it also is it goes on for quite a long time, a lot longer than you think. So quite often you're just looking forward to you're like, oh, I don't have to like do anything with my face. Mm. But you do sometimes. She's probably thinking because sometimes people do glance around and turn around. Mm. They're basically just being naughty. Yeah, you're not meant to. And like, I got told off once because I turned around when they were getting a handshake and they had to refilm something, and I was I got told off for looking the wrong way. But what actually people don't realize is during the judging, especially the signature and things, they'll start, they'll go down one side of the tent and then they'll go down the other side of the tent. And when they're going down the second side of the tent, those people who are in the first side of the tent aren't there anymore. Yeah, they're they gone. Get taken away to go and do filming and doing their box pops so and they're talking afterwards about how that bake went. So I, I think you, didn't you miss a handshake? I think Steph got a handshake and someone wasn't there. Yeah, there was. I, I generally wanted to be on that side that left early. Yeah. And if you missed a handshake, I'd be like, get me out of here. Yeah, because otherwise you sat there the whole time. Um, we've got quite a few messages this week. The next one's from Hallie, who says, they've just listened to the episode where you guys were talking about drag names, and I'm surprised Michael didn't say his would be Jen O'Ease.
1: Oh, That brilliant. is very
0: good. As in Jen, short for Jennifer, and an Irish O'Ease. Oh, Hallie, we love that. That's you. really good. So, so Henry named me Kit Sinead. Which I quite like. But again, as Irish, name. you've got two Irish names. Two yeah. Irish names, yeah. Um. I've actually got a drag queen board at work where we come up with names for drag kings and drag I queens. I love it because Michael often tells me these and they are. Michael is very good. Do you know what? Sometimes I watch RuPaul's Drag Race and I just think, well, how have people come up with such rubbish names? You come up with like got a some million really good, good ones. ones. So um, another Irish person, Patty O'Furniture. Patty O'Furniture. Patty O'Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Um, Cassie O'Keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> catholic oh yes yeah I quite like catholic we have um colonoscopy doesn't quite work that one I'm just still workshopping that one Uma hurts. adjacent to rude is Rachel Appropriation <laughs> <laughs> so good. and her sister Xenophobia <laughs> yes. come on a rude one give me a proper rude one not no, Jason no but I will give you my favourite drag duo um, husband and wife you have Bo, Tox, and Faye, Slift. Oh, isn't that nice? It. I might put the whole list on um, on our only plans this week. That yeah, because they're matter. all rude. Yeah. Um, we've actually gotten... Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a long podcast this week. Sorry, Alex. Michael, not me, has said, Firstly, do all British people say famously <laughs> all the time? Or, or is it just Michael and Alice Levine? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Have I given it to Alice Levine? Uh, you do say it a lot. I say it less now because Alex got me in trouble for saying it too many times in one episode. He was keeping famously. count and I was mortified. Keeping count? It was literally every third word you were saying it. Everyone knew. Famously. Well, I've caught it from my friend Paige. So Paige says famously and that's caught on. We love Paige. Does Paige listen to this? Paige, no. <laughs> I think she listened to a couple of episodes and she was like, I've had enough. Anyway, Michael's got a serious question. In the past two years, I've become friends with this guy, Evan, who's in the process of coming out and is living a bit like he's a horny 22-year-old. Fair enough. He's very flirty with everyone and very fit, so he's quite popular with the boys. Long story short, we hooked up in my utility closet one time, and since then, whenever we're alone for any length of time, we inevitably fool around. What's a utility closet? What's that? I was just thinking that. I was thinking a utility room has, like, lots of tools and things in it. It's not a very nice place to hook up. Is it where you put your dishwasher in your washing machine? Oh, it could be that. That's oh, actually, I'm just thinking. If the guy's American, they have huge houses, don't they? A utility closet is probably as big as your living room, and it probably I'm just just trying has... to think of like logistically where where you'd put your limbs. But anyway, we need could to have on. an ironing bench. Oh, we could be doing it on the ironing board Yes, with yeah. one foot inside the dishwasher. That's what we're picturing now. Thank um, you, Michael. It's not just physical. We talk just about every day, and I consider him to be one of my closest friends. He's made it clear that he just wants to be friends and that there shouldn't be an expectation we'll always hook up. At first, I was totally okay with the secret friends of benefits thing, but in recent weeks, our relationship has started to feel quite relationshipy. i I've fallen for him and I'm feeling very vulnerable. What do I do? Do I risk the friendship for something more? Or do I keep things as they are, enjoying the occasional kiss and hookup when he feels like it, but risk getting my heart broken when he meets someone? Or do I stop things altogether and focus on dating other guys instead? He's done a lot of thinking. He's like, well, he's given us lots of options. So he's kind of given us an A, B and a C situation. But I think he could like... Would you like to it- add a D? Maybe, maybe he needs a different D. Maybe that's the, Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> I'm not adding my D. He, <laughs> he could mix things up a little bit as well, though. Like some of his options, because he could i think it's good to be honest so i think it's at least even if he's not kind of fully honest and saying i'm really falling for you he can at least say things like like oh i'm really enjoying like what's developing between us and i could be falling for you you could say that just so he's kind of like sitting on the fence yeah but no, no one who isn't falling for you goes oh i could be falling for you i could be <laughs> like I, I i think that feels too risky to me how old is oh no they're the same age and he just says no he's no like a uh, this, is a, this is a shortened version michael is i think a bit older Oh, he is a bit older. He actually but- sent a picture with of them both into the oh. inbox. Very handsome, Michael. You're a very handsome person. Is he more handsome than Evan? Um, no comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think he could date a couple of other guys. That could. Maybe I think help Michael things. basically needs to distance himself a bit, because I think Evan's been quite clear. Like he said, "I want to be friends, and there shouldn't be an expectation we're going to hook up." So I think then Michael, I don't want it to be harsh, but I think Michael needs to hear that. Yes. And also people do go through these phases and it's not, if they're in that phase, that's where they are in life. Yeah. Like if he's not wanting a relationship um, and he just wants to hook up with people, then you've got to let people just get that through the system sometimes. Yeah. I think, I think basically don't risk the friendship or something more. If you can enjoy the occasional kiss and hookup and not want more from it, then fine. That's great. But if you can't, you might need to just stop it because otherwise you will catch feelings more. And then if he doesn't want that, then it's just going to become this whole eggy situation. And you never know, like in 10 years time, he might want to settle down and you're single at the point, And then that's great. 10 years? That's like, well, I'll be well, dead back Well, you'll be dead in 10 years. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, if it, it, it could be right for you now, but not for him now. So if you can enjoy it for just sex, great. If you can't, I think it's time to get, take the D yeah yeah exactly in the meantime go and date some other guys um right let's move into is it rude to i'm still thrilled that the sting is carrying on yeah me too (laughs) so do you got any rude twos yes um so one is is it rude (laughs) to eat tin sardines for lunch at work do they come with skins on yeah they come with skins and little tiny bones in them no thank you they stink but don't have sardines anyway (laughs) <laughs> just don't decide either at home <laughs> see i wondered about this one because i don't think and i just bring things to because sometimes smelly i bring things yeah i bring a curry off and then i put it in the microwave mm. and i'm in a quite a small clinic so i think curry is fine it's fish so someone in my office had a fish broth like a week ago oh. and the office smelled like it for four days that's the thing it's not even just like because like with a curry it might smell for a bit and i yeah. do think in a clinic sometimes it's not great to have smelly food at all because yeah People are coming in for medical things. Yeah, sure. Um, But yeah, it's with the fish, with the sardines. It's the fact it smells for days afterwards. Mm. I remember in one of the places I worked, they started putting signs up. Just really passive aggressive. Oh, I love a Passag Pat sign. Okay, so I'm good with that one. I knew that was rude. Well, yes, but have you done it before as a question? Oh, yeah, loads of times. I think I was the responsible for the signs. <laughs> um, we actually have a. What, an is it rude to from the inbox. Oh, good. This one is from Jared. Let's play the sting. Is it rude to? Tell someone you're welcome when they haven't said thank you. That is definitely rude. It is quite rude. In fact, do you know what? That actually happened to me yesterday. So I've got... A, As in the person saying you're welcome is rude. Yes. The PASAG. You're welcome. Yes. Yes, that is rude. So our, yes, been, we moved into a new house yesterday. I, there's like a, a burglar alarm system thing and they've got these sensors on the walls and we don't want them because they're like movement sensors. And when you've got a cat, mm. like Hazel would just set off all the time. So would our cat. So I thought it was a good idea because I didn't really know where everything was. I thought it was a good idea to try and pull one off the wall. Right. <laughs> uh, it set the alarm off. Great. Obviously. So the alarm is screaming in the house and the outside of the house. And I suddenly realized we haven't got a code for this. So Ugh. I quickly texted the person who owned the house before, because I do have his phone number, and he didn't reply for about two hours. Oh, Chris. This alarm's going off. I rang the alarm system. They didn't know what to do. Anyway, eventually, he just sent me the code and said, you're welcome. So that, that's two oh, hours late. That's a, and diff- I- that's a different, is it, is it rude to you? Because the, 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 is it rude to that this person was talking about is that when someone, when there's a gap left, when someone could have said, thank you. So like you open the door for somebody, they, they walk through it and then you go, oh. you're welcome that's quite passag pat whereas that one is much more that's a they're pre-welcoming too soon if you know what i mean which is also pasag if someone's been asking for a code for an alarm that's been on for two hours and you're like you're welcome both are both mm, are rude both both are rude rude. there is one more that i discovered because i went went to the theater together earlier in the week and i went to the toilet and this happened is it rude (laughs) to fart at a urinal (laughs) oh You know, li- i came out of the toilet and i was like david i've got one <laughs> i've literally been sitting here holding farts in just because i think michael would not like me to no, fart right I now. i wouldn't like it um farting at a urinal the problem is when sometimes to wee, you've got to try and relax and let it come out and when you're at the urinal you're kind of a bit tense sometimes and so by letting yourself relax at the front the sphincter at the front oh, no. sometimes the back sphincter goes and you just fart without knowing no and it- then if that happens you've got to own it it's rude I mean, it's a little bit rude. It's rude. With well, a long for fart. For clarity, it wasn't me that farted. It was somebody else. Um, but I had an additional thought. I've been thinking about it this week. I've been mulling over the fart situation. Like, it's also, it's almost worse when you're at the urinal side there quietly. And then someone farts in the cubicle. Because, <laughs> because they're going to have to walk out. Do you make a comment afterwards to try and own it? No, what I try to do is I try to leave before I have to look, look any of them in the eye. <laughs> but i don't do the farting i don't fart in the the toilet area do you know what i think worse is the fart kind of at least that's kind of like someone just let that out without knowing probably what i don't like is when people kind of sigh when they're at the urinal oh yeah a sad wee (laughs) (laughs) it's a Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Here we are again, look Right, okay So we're saying basically all those are rude yeah. um, In the Olympics I mean, you've said everything's rude Well, everything is rude um, I'm perfect uh, The Olympics, we're actually going to do a summary now We're going to summarise the winners of the past however many weeks And then we're going to do heats So we're going to pair them up against each other People can vote for their favourites And then we will make the final judgement on the best Olympic from this round of championships Yeah So If none of these are good enough now, I'm going to take them out now Okay, great. Read Brilliant. Um, they're going to be available on Sticky Bun Boys. Um, that's the handle on Instagram and on Twitter, if I remember to do Twitter, because I forget that exists. And we'll also do it on our OnlyFans as well. Are you ready? I'm ready. Strap in. <laughs> so that was some determination. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Being easily knocked over by the ocean's waves, <laughs> running away from A, B. Mm hmm. Dropping a piece of paper outside and having to chase it because the wind keeps blowing it away. Watching him try to learn <laughs> to cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> Holding an empty plate in line for the buffet. People waving with just their fingers. Did, I didn't remember that one. <laughs> that was me and Jan. <laughs> Running up the stairs on all fours. I believe that's totally necessary. <laughs> <I think laughs> in that's lots awful. of circumstances. <laughs> grow up David I've done it before I'll say it again bending at the waist <laughs> to tie your shoelaces I'm still picturing Alex when he tried to do that <laughs> when a baseball player swings really hard but misses the awkward half squat when someone moves along a row at a theatre they're oh, all quite good actually they are quite good when we were at the theatre the other day we were watching the Jinx and Della Christmas show thing we made all these people do stand up and do that half squat as we went along. And then we suddenly realized the other end was empty. (laughs) We've just gone from the other side. Awful. So let us know what you think on our social media and we will announce the winners next week. And that's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you'd like more from us, you can join us over on our only at patreon.com forward sticky bun boys. It's only a small handful of change each month, but it really makes a difference to us being able to keep the podcast running each and every week. Plus, you get loads of extra content, so everybody wins. As we head towards the holidays, we would love to hear your festive baking questions. And there's surely a whole wealth of festive Is It Rude 2s out there. Think of those family gatherings. Oh, it's actually be some really good stories as well. So please let us flex our fagging out muscles. If you need dating advice, or just want to have a big old moan, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a DM on social media at StickyBumBoys or email us at StickyBumBoys at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. But in the meantime, keep Keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we?